Well, today I'm going to be teaching here in just a minute. Before I do, let me tell you that uh, this summer I'm really, really stoked, really excited about a new series we're going to be starting later on this summer. In just a few weeks, we're going to be starting a series that I'm entitling All In. And uh, remember when I did the series on Multiply recently, we spent the first three months of the year talking about the word Multiply. And toward the end of that series, I did a, ser- I did a sermon called All In. And after that sermon, I had so many people respond to me uh, through just messages they sent me or social media or words of testimony saying that really just struck a chord with you and it really challenged you and it really resonated in your spirit. So I knew we were on to something because the Spirit really just brought brought that in so many people's lives. And so I, I've been praying about it and developing a series we're going to do this, this summer called All In. It's going to be an awesome, awesome summer. How many want to go all in this summer? Are you ready? It's going to, it's going to be a great summer. Now today, as we uh, get ready, I'm going to be talking to you, I believe, on a subject that uh, is very much relevant any time of the year, but as we are nearing the, the middle part of May, we're creeping up on the sixth month of June, and we're right at almost the half point uh, of the year. And how many know sometimes at halftime you need a, you need a pick-me-up speech? If you've, ever, if you've ever played any game at all and you ever had a coach give you a speech at halftime, to inspire you to play the second half. Well, today I believe is one of those messages where I want to inspire you to finish strong this year. I want to inspire you no matter what you've gone through this first half. Maybe you didn't play your best game the first part of this year. Maybe life is not treating you the best this first part of this year. Maybe you've been struggling and you say, man, I really feel like the, the wind is kind of like, is out of my sails. Pastor, I, I really need a, a pick me up today. Well, today this message it's for you. I'm going to talk to you about the thought, never give up. Never give up. You know, it was Winston Churchill, his famous speech that many of you have heard reference since become an urban legend that Winston Churchill, toward the end of his life, was asked to come back to his alma mater and, and to speak, a place where he almost failed out of and barely passed. And the urban legend says that he got up and walked to the podium where he was at to address the school. And he gave the famous speech that simply went like this. Never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever give up and walk back down and sit down. And it became an urban myth and legend to the point where it's grown to be one of the most famous speeches of all time. It's quoted quite a bit in graduation ceremonies and people talk about it. This famous speech that he talked about. That's all he said was never, ever, ever give up. As I studied that speech out, I realized that that's really not the true story. The true story didn't happen at the end of his life. It happened in the middle of his life. And uh, it was actually before he had ever became Sir Winston Churchill. And, uh, but he got up and he actually gave a two page speech. But in the middle of his two page speech, he said a couple of lines that went along similar to that. It said, never quit, never give up, never, ever, ever, ever give in. And it was in that inspirational moment that people didn't remember anything else he said in that speech. But over time, people didn't quote the rest of that speech. They didn't remember the rest of that speech. It had grown to be such a powerful words that people today think that that's all the speech contained. He just got up and said two lines and sit down. 
That wasn't true. He gave two pages of speech. But what people remember was not the rest of the fluff. What they remember was that he got up and said, never, ever, ever quit, never give up, never give in. And it became something that legends are built upon. And I think that sometimes in our life, it, we, we know this and we've heard it, but sometimes to hear someone speak it to your spirit, to speak it to your heart at a time when maybe you feel like giving up, at a time when you feel like, man, I'm not feeling it right today. I'm not feeling the season of my life. We all need somebody to come along and to spiritually speak into our life and say, never quit, never give up. So today is for you. I'm here to, to speak to you and say, don't quit. Don't give up. The Holy Spirit is wanting you to be encouraged today. I love what Proverbs 13, 12 says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. How many like being sick in the room? Nobody likes being sick. The only good thing about being sick is, you know, when people kind of pamper you a little bit and you get, you know, they bring you the, some hot soup and make sure you're comfortable. For me, the best part of being sick is, is NyQuil. That's actually what I like. Just telling the truth, you know, sleep really good. <laughs> but, you know, this is, being sick is not something we all value, right? It's not something we value. But it says those who have lost dreams, those who are not meeting the hope that they had set for, you had expectations, you had goals, you had lost dreams, you've had things in your life that didn't come to pass the way you thought it would. It says those people, when that happens in your life, it says your heart can become sick. It's dreams unfulfilled. You can get sick when you're, you feel like your best days are behind you. Some of you in this room, you feel that way. Well, my, my best days are behind me. That, uh, we'll let, Pastor, we'll let some of you young folk go ahead and go. And we'll support you, but we've had our best days. When that happens, you, your heart becomes, begins to get sick. Right, Phil? Me and Phil, we work out together at the gym. And I love, he inspires me because he's down there. He's usually one of, the, one of the older guys down in the gym, man, but he's pumping the iron. He's not letting anybody outdo this guy. He inspires me. I'm like, man, you're making me feel bad. Go to the next, next room over there. <laughs> Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And some of you wonder why you're walking around feeling sick in your heart. Could it be that we've lost hope? Could it be that we've unintentionally begin to give up on dreams and give up on fulfilled answers that we thought God would do in our life? Promises we thought would come to pass. Matthew 9.20 is a great story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Scripture. And we see the woman who had the issue of blood. Let's pick it up in verse 20. And just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. It's a long time. With constant bleeding, came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe. For she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Twelve years is a long time. What were you doing twelve years ago? Think about that. Do we have any seniors today in the room this morning? I'm sure we will in the second service, and some are graduating already. Anybody a senior this year in high school? 
Because if you were a senior in high school, I went, we went to several. Yeah, we got some back here. Twelve years ago, you were just finishing up kindergarten. Twelve years is a long time. Stand up, Landon. This is my son who's now bigger than me. Twelve years ago, I was still trying to get this boy potty trained. I got a picture of it right here. I'm playing. This I need. Oh, Dad, please don't. Just playing. Twelve years ago, honey, you were expecting twins in about two weeks. In about a week, yeah. We haven't even had our twins. Twelve years. Twelve years is a long time. Twelve years. Where were you at twelve years ago? Some of you had hair twelve years ago. Some of you were still cool 12 years ago, Steve. (laughs) 12 years ago. That's a long time. I'm sure this woman had her heart get sick over 12 years. Many of you have grown hearts sick over weighing things in your mind and your spirit. Over Wayne, oh, when are we going to have our child? When are we going to get pregnant? Over Wayne, when am I going to find my purpose in life? When am I going to get my answer? Over waiting, when's the right person going to come in my life? When's God going to send me right, my right spouse? When's God going to do this in my life? When's God going to heal me? When's this going to happen? And your heart begins to weigh when hope's deferred. Your heart can become sick when hope's deferred. Many are at the point in your life that you're either ready to give up on your dreams and live your rest of your life with a sick heart, or today, I'm here to tell you another alternative. You can give up on hope, you can give up on dreams, you can give up on a lot of things, and you can begin to carry around a, a sick heart. Well, today there's another option. And the option is what we find Paul talking about so often in Scripture where he says, you get up and you finish strong and you run the race set before you. This is what Paul said more than once, more than twice. We see Paul referring to this all throughout the New Testament. He says, man, I employ you, I encourage you, get up, run the race, run the race, finish strong. Last week we heard him talking about the story, our guest, about dropping the baton and picking it back up. For some of you, you dropped it up and you, you need to pick that baton back up and get back in the race. Some of you have checked out of the race of life. Your, your heart's gotten sick. I can never love again. I can never trust again. I can never be used again. I, I can never be in my prime again. I can never, never. And we limit what God wants to do in our life. We limit that God sometimes takes us through valleys, takes us through seasons of dryness, only to prepare us for a new season, for a new race, for a new leg, for a new lap. And He wants you to get back in the race and run again. Twelve years. Twelve years her heart was sick. Twelve years is a long time. For many of you, twelve years has been a long time. I want to point out three things about this story that I think we can relate to today. And it will encourage us. Number one, it takes courage 
to keep trying. It takes courage to keep trying. When you've suffered for 12 years, when your heart's been sick for 12 years, when you're carrying burdens for 12 years, it takes courage to keep going. So we applaud you today if you haven't given up. We applaud you that even though maybe you've had seasons of losing hope, of wanting to quit, that you're still here. We applaud you today. She was considered unclean by the Levitical law, which means this, that she was in the same category as leopards. She was classified as unclean. She was not allowed to socialize with people. She had to yell at people, unclean, unclean, don't come near me, don't touch me, get away from me. I'm considered unclean. Twelve years she had to live this way. I love the fact that she took a risk. That she doesn't decide to let her heart be so sick to the point. I I believe she was so sick of being sick that she didn't care. She was so sick of being heart sick that she said, I'm going to go to the heart doctor and I'm going to take care of this thing. I'm going to take care to the one who can either heal me physically or he can heal my heart, but I've got to touch Jesus. And she took a risk and fought her way through the crowd. She probably crawled her way through the crowd. The crowd was enthroned. They were massive people following Jesus to see what was he going to do next, what miracle was he going to perform next, but get a glimpse of what Jesus was doing. She fought her way in her weak state of being. She took a risk. See, we play it safe all the time, don't we? We like to play it safe. Let's be honest. We like to play it safe. To the point where we're often tempted to quit every time life gets tough. We're tempted to quit when life doesn't bring us what we think is going to happen. It's easy to quit. We consider quitting. It's easier to quit than it is to stick out of marriage. It's easier to quit than it is to finish college. It's easier to quit church than it is to keep coming when life gets tough. It's easier to quit saying, oh, I don't believe in God anymore. I just, I think I believe this. When it, gets tough to follow through. When it gets tough and life throws us a curve, when you get a sickness, when you get a struggle, when you get a problem, when you get a weight that you can't carry by yourself, and you don't have the answer in the timely manner, and you got to walk through 12 years of a desert, you got to walk through 12 years, it's easy to let your heart get sick. Hope deferred brings a sick heart. It's easy to quit. I remember growing up and remember, anybody play football back in the 70s and 80s back here? You remember a time when they used to have what they call two-a-day practices? Now they, they law this, they, they regulate how much schools can practice and they do it differently. But there was a time when we had to get up and go practice at the first part. Remember the summer? And they'd make us practice from like 7.30 to 10.30. And then we'd have to go lift weights from 10.30 to about 11.15, 11.30. And then you're out about noon, and you go home, and like, oh, heat exhaustion, die, and you'd eat, and have to get back up and be back at the field at 5 o'clock for an evening practice. And this went on for a couple of weeks. And every year, I said the same thing. I don't want to play football no more. I'm, I love the game of football. I, I, it was one of the, the, my passions. But every year during that two weeks, my mind would go crazy. 
And I'll always be like, tell my dad, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. He's like, just hang on. You'll be, you'll regret it. You'll regret it. You'll regret it if you quit. And I think it's so easy for us. We, we, we live in a society now where we allow our children to quit so easy, don't we? We're raising up, what's happened is we're raising up a generation of people who just quit very easy. Parents, let me tell you, one of the, the, the best values that we can teach our children, not only godly principles and, and Christian values, but also the value of not quitting, finishing what you start. We have a rule around our house that you don't have to play next year. But if you sign up and you start something, see it through. See it through. You finish the season through. You made a commitment to the school. You made a commitment to your team. You made a commitment to your job. See it through. Don't have to volunteer next time. You don't have to volunteer to help the next time if you don't want to. But right now, you made a commitment. See it through. Don't quit. Because it will be tough. You know why? Because life is tough. Marriage is tough. Work is tough. Debt is tough. Mortgages are tough. Raising children's tough. Sickness is tough. Cars, transmissions going out and you don't have the money to fix it. It's tough. What are you going to do? You're going to see it through. You're going to walk it through. So we, well, they did, no, Johnny didn't want to do it. So I just tell him, you just find what, no, finish what you start. Just teach our children. So when they get in life and they get into their understanding of what God wants to do in our life when things don't happen and God asks them to walk through a season of 12 years, are they going to quit? No, they're, they're going to follow it through because mom and dad taught them at a young age. We, we follow through. We don't go off just our emotions. We stay committed. We stay committed. I, I can speak on that all day. All right. Remember the great coach, legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi? What he say? I love this quote by him. Once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. Turn to your neighbor and go, he's preaching on Vince Lombardi right now. This is about to get good. Scripture backs us up. Scripture gives a lot of scripture talking about the same principle that we don't give up. Once you quit, it gets easier to quit the next time. It's easier to quit in the moment. But when you quit in the moment, what we don't realize and what people don't realize is this, is that when we quit in the moment, we pick up and we carry around the rest of our life regret. How many things do you regret that you quit? You can name several, can't you? And so can I. I can think of things that I quit that I shouldn't have in my life. And I regret it. I remember jobs that I probably should have stuck out that maybe I quit because it got tough. I remember things I did in my life that I quit and I wish I hadn't have quit. I had to carry that guilt around. See, when you choose to quit, you, you choose to say, all right, I'm quitting that, but now I'm going to carry around guilt. It, it happens. It naturally happens. Let's don't carry down the regret. Let's put it down. And this is what I want you to get today. We celebrate this woman in the story, her faith. We celebrate her healing. And I think those are all great things about the story. I preached on this story in several different angles and different illustrations. And I think it's one of those powerful stories. 
But I believe at the heart of the story, what we really should be celebrating is this. We should be celebrating the 12 years that she didn't quit. That should be a testimony above anything else. We should celebrate the 12 years she didn't quit. The 12 years that she walked faithful. The 12 years that when her heart was sick, that she didn't lose her sight upon Jesus. That she knew that God could heal her. That she knew that she could just take a risk. That she could just see her healing taking place. 12 years. Let's celebrate the 12 years. I look around the room and I, I know people who walk in those 12 years. I've counseled with some of you and I've talked to you personally and I know that even though other people in this room maybe don't see it all, I know what you've walked through. And I say, yeah, I celebrate with you because you're still here. You questioned and you, you worked through the tough times in your marriage and your life and your, your physical health and you walked through financial struggles, but you're still here. We we'll celebrate that. Yeah, you didn't give up. What a testimony, a perseverance, a faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let's celebrate the 12 years. Proverbs 24, 16. Look what it says. For the righteous man falls. How many times? Seven times. He rises again. He gets up. It's not about how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get up. Because even though the righteous fall, they're going to fall. I'm going to fall. You're going to fall. We're going to have seasons of stumbling, seasons of falling flat on our face. That's okay. The important thing is you get up. Get up. Don't quit. Never give up. Stay in the race. Paul said finish it strong. Number two, it takes faith to see the other side. It takes faith to see the other side. I wonder how much this woman had faith over 12 years to see her healing through. 12 years. It takes faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. We all know faith is confidence in what we hope for. That's easy. Yeah, I'm hoping for this. I have faith that God's going to do this. But it's also assurance about the thing we don't see. That simply means this. I don't just say, well, I have hope for this. I have hope for something that, you know, I hope it comes to pass. But the real faith says, I I see it. Let me put it a little better. Real faith allows you to praise God for the answer even when it hasn't already happened yet. That's what I'm talking about. Real faith says, I... God, you haven't healed me yet, but I know you have the power to, so I'm, I'm tapping into you right now. I'm continuing to praise you right now for my healing. I'm praising you, God, right now that you're bringing me through. I'm praising you that you're restoring my marriage. I praise you, God, that you're going to, no matter what happens, even though my spouse may have left me, they may reject me, oh, God, you have not forsaken me, and I will laugh again, and I will smile again, even through my tears, even through my depression, even through my season of rejection, I know that I will laugh again. I know that you'll heal my heart. See, that's even though it's being real. Yeah, it's heavy. Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm bleeding. Yes, my heart is sick. But God, I see the other side. And I know, I know if I'll keep my eyes upon the prize and finish strong, 
hope for what we don't see. First Timothy 6.12 says it like this. Fight the good fight of faith. Everybody say the word fight. Sometimes you got to fight. It's not always easy. We can't always have Pastor TJ get up leading worship for us every morning. Get up, all right. But sometimes I got to fight through it. Now, you know I don't condone violence. Technically. Politically correctly. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't condone, condone violence. And, uh, we live in a different age than obviously what we were brought up and we, we know things have changed. But, still, as we all know that this never changes up whether you grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, doesn't make a difference, 90s, growing up today. Some things don't change. Sometimes we have to teach our kids that at some point you just got to stand up for yourself. Mama can't do it all. Daddy can't always be there with you. You're going to have to, at some point in life, we have to teach our children that they, at some point they got to stand up for themselves. It's a part of us maturing them, right? It's a part of us growing them. Sometimes we have to get up and say, you know what? I'm fighting. Spiritually, I'm going to fight this out. I'm tired of being attacked. I'm tired of my heart being heavy. I'm tired of Satan stealing my joy. And I need to stand up and spiritually fight through this. Sometimes it's a fight. I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's purely a fight. It's not always easy. It's easier to quit. The fight for the promises that God has given you life. The fight. Twelve years, she would have been easier to quit, but she fought through it. Twelve years, she fought through it. She kept her eyes upon the prize, and she had to take a risk, and she had to fight for it. It takes faith to see the other side. Mark five twenty six. She had suffered great a great deal under the care of many doctors who had spent all she had. Instead of getting better, she grew what? Worse. What a great testimony, amen? Well, I've, I've done all the research I can. I've spent all the money I can. I've seen every specialist I can. And praise God, instead of getting better, I'm getting worse. Well, that'll really uplift your day, won't it? See, I love it the Bible is real. Because it doesn't just talk about her healing, but it lets us see for 12 years she suffered. For 12 years she had a sick heart. For 12 years it was a struggle. For 12 years she had a fight. For 12 years it wasn't easy. And your life is not easy and my life is not easy. Sometimes we gotta fight. Sometimes we gotta say, you know what, I'm not giving up. Sometimes I gotta fight my way through. My feelings that want to give up. Well, God, if you really love me, I wouldn't be walking through this. She could have, God, it's been 11 and a half years. I'm not doing this no longer. And she'd have missed out on her complete healing. Don't give up. Sometimes life throws you a curve and man, it can be a long time. You know what one of the hardest things about not giving up is? Let me just tell you. Okay, you ready? This is what the hardest thing about not giving up is. Social media. 
This is what really will drive you crazy today. Because you don't want to give up. But then everybody posts on social media about how great their life is. Come on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, we're going on our dream anniversary vacation to Hawaii for two months. We're celebrating two years of marriage. And we're like, I've been going to Branson for 22 years. You can only see the bob knobbers so many times. We don't have to do anything. And you're struggling, you know, you're like, you're just, you're just trying to get your house in order. You're just trying to get your kids fed. You went through the drive-thru and got the meal, value meal that was the best price for that day and brought it home and threw it on the table. And you look on there and you see someone talking about, oh, I've cooked this great healthy meal today and look at all these great things. We are doing so much better on energy and time and efficiency since we started clean living and dieting. And look at this. And you're like, kids, eat your burger and be quiet. Let's go. My husband left me a note and flowers today. He is so awesome. Why can't you be the one like him? I think they should make a dislike button. It would be a lot more helpful. Because let's be real. The people who post that most of the time have the worst marriages out there. But we always want to paint out the best picture, don't we? Come on, I do it, you do it. We're all guilty of that. We want to put the best picture on Facebook we can or social media we can. And everybody else looks at it and goes, oh, I wish I could do that. It can discourage you and you, you think, when's mine gonna happen? I've been, I've been walking through my season for 12 years. I've been walking through my season for a long time. When are we gonna get healthy? When are things gonna happen in our life? When's God gonna heal us? When are our breakthrough coming? We should learn to celebrate the 12 years. So if you're walking through a long season, of drought, of spiritual sickness, of physical sickness, of things of your heart making your heart sick today. Let me be the first one to stand up and say, good job. Way did I quit. I'm glad you're still here. And even though it may have been a struggle, and it probably was more than anybody realizes, you're still in the game. You're still in the race. Pick your head up now. Look at the finish line. Even when you don't see it, say, I know it's just around the corner. It's just this one more lap, maybe. Whatever it is, but I'm going to keep my eyes upon the prize. I'm going to get up. I'm going to run the race. And I'm going to finish strong no matter what it takes. Don't give up. What is she to quit? Eleven and a half years. Now, that's enough. I've, I've done it. I'm done. I don't believe in God no more. This church thing's not for me. She'd have missed out. She'd have missed out on her moment. Which brings us to our third and last point. It takes one moment for everything to change. 
It only takes one moment for everything to change. In a moment, things can happen. In a moment, people can change. In a moment, God can do more in a moment than we can do in a lifetime. Let me say it again. God can do in a moment with Him than what we can do on our own in a lifetime. Look at the, we read this verse a while ago. Let's read the last part of this verse 22 again. Jesus turned around and when He saw her, He said, daughter, be encouraged. That's what I'm telling you today. No matter what you're walking through in one season, whether it's been two years, 12 years, or 30 years, I say be encouraged. Don't give up. Look what he says. Be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And at that moment, what time as that woman was healed at that when? Moment. At that moment, she received her healing. At that moment. See, in a moment, things can change. In a moment, things can happen. One moment can change your life with God. One prayer can change your life. One service can pray, can change your life. One message, one conversation, one scripture, one encounter with God can change your life forever. It can change the one moment. Don't lose sight. One moment. One moment can change your life. Of many people in your moment, you You've fallen in your race. You've allowed injuries to take you out of the race. You've allowed injuries to sideline you. And and God's saying today, Paul said it so often, and we say it again today, don't get out of the race. Finish the race. Keep your eyes on the prize. Finish strong. We need to learn to finish strong. It's something we've got to learn to do. I love the story of the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. There was a runner there. Many of you remember the story of a one of the sprinters. His name was Derek Redmond. He uh, ran for the Great Britain Olympic team. And what you don't maybe realize is that in 1988, he qualified for the Olympics. And his dream of running the Olympics in 1988, I believe was so, Olympics in 88, he had a pull out 10 days before the Olympics because he had an injury. So he had to fight extra hard to wait four more years for the Olympics to come around. He qualified again and his dream of running in the Olympics in 1992 was coming to pass. And he told his dad, he said, Dad, no matter what, man, we're going to finish this time. We've, this has been a long road. It's been a long road. We've been training for years and we fought through injuries and for years we ran this race. Some of you remember what happened. Let's watch this video clip of this story. I think it kind of reminds me of you and I. Imagine that after having to wait another four years after being injured before the last Olympics. He pulls up with a hamstring injury. He gets up. Determined to finish. Out of 
the stands. His dad comes out and joins him. It's like, we're going to finish this race. can't see on the video there is 65,000 people stand up begin to give this man a standing ovation you see for many of us today this is what happens in our life we we have such high expectations we train so long and we've had so many dreams and then all of a sudden an injury happens something sidelines us something happens that keeps us from running the race that we thought we was going to run and in that moment we got to decide are we going to Stay down and stay on the sidelines forever. I love the fact that he gets up, first of all, by himself and limps. Because some of us, that's how we look spiritually. But I think this is what happens. There's something about the power that when you're knocked down, life knocks you down. That when you just get up. That our Heavenly Father runs to us puts his arms around us, and he says, come on, we're going to finish strong. And for many of us here, that's the miracle. For many of us here, that's the miracle, is that our Father joins us. He picks us up sometimes and even carries us if he has to. But if we'll just get back up in the race, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will carry you. Today I'm here to say, don't give up. Finish strong. Don't allow your spiritual injuries to keep you silent. Don't allow life to knock you out of the race. Today, some simply ask you this question. How many say, Pastor, today, I really needed to hear this message. I really needed the courage. Anybody here? Okay, good. I know I'm on the right track. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to close with this song. It simply says we are moving forward. As we close with this song today, I want you to say, God, I am getting back in the race. No matter what you've gone through in your life, no matter what sidelines you got, I just say, get up. I'm here today as your spiritual coach today. Okay? Just see me as your spiritual coach today. I'm speaking to you. Get up. Get up. You can do this. 
you can finish, even if it's been 11 and a half years, even if it's been 12 years, don't lose sight of the prize that God has for you. Keep your eyes fixed upon Him. The prize, the author, the finisher of our faith. And say, God, some of you today, you need to do that. You've been sidelined. Emotionally, spiritually, you've been sidelined for a while. It's time to get back in. Let's go forward. Let's finish strong. Come on. I'm not going back. Moving ahead to declare to you my past is over in you. Oh, things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, not going back. Moving ahead to declare to you my past is over in today. I speak over them. God, the perseverance, perseverance. They would fight the good fight. They would stay in the race. They would keep their eyes fixed upon you. In the name of Jesus, I believe hope is rising in this room. That faith is rising in this room today. If you agree with that word spoken over your life today, put your hands together in agreement and say, God, I love you. Come on. 
Hallelujah, Father. I believe that today. Get back in the race. Get back in the race. Get back in the race. Don't quit. Turn to somebody, give them a high five, and say, let's get back in the race. God bless you. If you want to be water baptized, don't forget to sign up. Next week, God bless you.